podcast. Um, this is a not great parent over here next to me, Nathan Martin. Hello. And I am also a not great parent, Molly Parks. That is true. Yes. That is true. But that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. I, um, I, I know everybody thinks they want to be a great parent, and yeah. in some ways, the word great we do want, but in the context of what we talk about here is uh, we want to be good parents, and we want to be not great parents because great parents are seeking uh, the greatness that's defined by the world. That's right. Busyness, success, things like that. And we want to be parents who are seeking the goodness that God has to offer. Yeah. You know, just listening to you say that, Molly, all I thought was, you know, we're in this series right now called Parenting Makes Me Crazy. I think doing that intro makes you crazy. Sometimes because I mix up the words all the time and I'm like, great, good, goodness, not great. <laughs> but you know, I do think it's important. And maybe you as a listener, uh, if you're a longtime listener or a longtime yeah. viewer, uh, you could probably say it too. Yeah, or or you get like, um, are they going to do this at the beginning of every episode? We are because it's confusing otherwise. Yes, well, and I think it is really important. You know, we did that whole series on confessions. Yes, which was really fun. Yes. If you have not listened to any of those episodes, go back. Yes. There are quite a few. And we'll still take confessions if you want to send them in to us. Yes, I think it is so important that we regularly confess on 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 this podcast and people who are listening can hear it mm -hmm. as an affirmation of stop trying to pursue the greatness of the world stop trying to make your kid the most successful the happiest they can be you know with the most experiences and all that kind of stuff right. and and really just center down into the goodness of God. Right. You know. Because in within the goodness of God are, is still experiences and oh, happiness. Sure, sure. And, you know, well, things that are even deeper, right? Right. And fulfillment in ways that we yes. would not get otherwise. But, you know, I think sometimes we think if I don't go after this uh, great thing or my kid doesn't go to the best college or whatever, that their life isn't fulfilling or good or That's or right. If they didn't have this one particular experience, then I didn't offer my child any experiences. And that is That's not right. true. And so we say these things a lot, but I think like we do in church, you know, some some days, you know, we, we, we write that phrase, um, no matter what you think about God, he can't stop thinking yes. about you. And we say it, and it's really directed to people who maybe aren't believers mm -hmm. or people who are here for the first time. But I honestly think it is so important for me as a believer to hear that every Sunday as this, this confession of, you know, no matter how my week was, Maybe I'm upset with God. Maybe I'm disappointed about what God did or didn't do. It's important for me to remember, no matter what I think about God, He cannot stop thinking about me. God is only good to me. And it's important because some weeks, that don't feel like it's true. Right. And some weeks, I'll be honest, I sit there and I hear, He can't think, he stop thinking about me because I did all these horrible things this week. Sure. But in that same thought process, I go, right. but He's here. And That's he's right. still He can't stop thinking about me because He wants good for me. That's right. And having these... Abilities. This is really what the the church, I believe, and especially in our gatherings, which in some way these podcasts kind of fit under the same thing in yeah. our communication with one another. There are these phrases. We as a church tend to not be as uh, uh, kind of liturgical in that. That we have these phrases. Liturgical. We, that's too big of a word for me. Okay, just set in our rhythms of the things yes. we say. You know, there are churches. We don't and, have structured things that we say on repeat. Yes. Right. You know, peace. Peace be to you, and oh, you, know, yes. you know all yes. these kind of things, or, or God is good all the time, and all the time God is yes. good, right? We tend to not have those, but there is a beneficial to these phrases that we just repeat to one another, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, one every every morning, I write um, 
in our online prayer time on Facebook, uh, people often ask me, what are you writing in that little notebook? You know that little notebook? Yeah. What are you writing in that little mm-hmm. notebook? Uh, I am writing down all the things I don't like about the people who are on I'm Facebook. Just on the- <laughs> oh. I'm writing down all of your sins. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> So-and-so yep. said this, Get them, God. This, get, get this them. person. Get them. Stop it. No. You are not. No. What I'm doing is I'm journaling. But at the end of every time of my journal, I've done this now for four or five years. Every time I end it uh, because I don't, I realized at one point, and uh, I think it's John Orper who pointed it out on a podcast I was listening to. He said, it's important. Most of us don't ever say the words, I love you to mm-hmm. Jesus. We might say thank you to God. Mm-hmm. We might tell God how much we love him. We don't ever just very personally say, I love you. So every every day I end up by saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like I would when I write letters to my wife and such, mm-hmm. I always sign, I love you, right? And then I end it by saying, Jesus is king, I am not. Because I have to remember that every day. And there's some days, it doesn't mean anything. I, I write it down because I just want to write it at the right. end of the day. But there are some days when I'm really struggling, uh, and maybe I'm struggling with my mental health, right? Maybe I'm really stressed, maybe I'm really anxious, and I need to write down, Jesus is king, I'm not, which means I'm not in control, mm-hmm. and I can trust that my king is. Or there's someone where I'm really bitter at somebody, right? Or I've had a really lustful thought, or I've had a really greedy kind of thought, and I need to remember, I don't get, I have no right to do those things because mm-hmm. Jesus is king, and not I'm me. not. And I think these things, so this has been the longest intro I think we've done, but I think it's about why we do intros. Yes, <laughs> we do intros so that we can talk longer to you guys. But I do think... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the, the the idea of sometimes we just do the things, right? Whatever it is, you're just so that we can stay on track. So that's, that's part right. of our rhythm so that and maybe we're not 100 percent all in on it in that moment. That's right. But it always points us back to what is good, what is true and what that's is right, right, even if we're not feeling it in that moment. And I think that's important, especially when we talk about what we're talking about today. We're in this series. Parenting makes me crazy. Parenting. We could have named the podcast that. <laughs> the podcast, the not great. New, what would our intro be then? <laughs> that's right. That's right. What 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 would end yeah. up having? I was listening. I QC these uh, quality check. Well, yes. Quality check these podcasts because I'm usually the one that's editing them, mm-hmm. and so I'm just trying to make sure I didn't miss anything or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to it in the car the other day, and, and my my daughters are like, "Oh, the not great, the terrible, terrible, horrible parents, parents. podcast again." Uh, so maybe we should call it the parenting makes me crazy podcast but we've been talking not great podcast yes we've been talking about mental health just in general yes but it really kind of came about one because you know we know lots of people are concerned about it Mm -hmm. but we got a book yep we went to a conference um for family ministry stuff and there was um some new information presented in a book called uh what parents aren't telling us yes or what parents wish we would know or something along those lines we'll put a link to it in the show notes but um it was really it was basically a book created um in a survey sort of form so they had surveyed Christian parents and they had surveyed non-Christian parents and asked a plethora of types of questions and it came back that mental health, our children's mental health, was mm-hmm. one of the um, highest concerns for both Correct. Christian and non-Christian parents and the number wasn't that different in terms of, it was a little bit different but they basically are right in line with one another Right. and there was some really interesting information in there and then there were some quotes in there that I thought were pretty interesting too so um, there was not just the statistical information but there was also people's stories what right. they were saying about their which is your favorite which part. is my favorite because then it comes to life for me that's right no, I just see the I just see the, they have faces now and I just know the whole thing it's like I know them <laughs> yes exactly yes so that's how it is to go on a road trip with Molly we're like hey look we 
we've only got 20 miles left of gas. And she's like, don't tell me the number. Don't tell me tell the me number. What's going to happen if Between we run out now, of gas? Yeah, what are we going to do? Who are we going to meet? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and what person will we, what will that mur murder on the side yes. of the road do to us? <laughs> and I'm fully 100% becoming my mother. Just so you know. <laughs> Just so you know, this is exactly my mom. <laughs> yes. So Your um, mom, I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but your mom was here on Sunday. I know. And she came over to me and I, I she was telling me that she enjoyed the service. Uh -huh. And I said, thank you for being here. And she thanked me for being here. Oh, she did. Like you wouldn't have been here that week. Well, she told me that she, I think she was trying to say how much she, she appreciates she does like your... me, being, me being here. And I, I, I think she's the only person who's ever thanked me for being That's here. That's great. That's great. That, that sounds like my mom. So yes, your mom, very she kind She did person. really When I saw it. her on Sunday, I thought, she's going to say something nice to me after she the is, service. She is going to say something nice. And then if you stood around and talked to her longer, she'd ask you about 42 questions about yourself. Because well, we call her Barbara Walters. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just tell you this. There are not many people who like talking about themselves nor any other topic more than me. So there you go. You guys are a perfect duo. <laughs> there we go. We'll have her off. on a podcast episode one week. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll come out and she can come in and ask you all these there questions. There we go. So uh, anyway, where one of were the, we? One of the quotes, where were we? One of the quotes about, uh, from the of, book. One of the quotes from the book was about parents' mental health. And they were yeah. also asking the parents what they wish their parents would have known as parents. Mm. And so they were saying, and this was over all the topics. It wasn't just right. about the mental health topic. It was, what do you wish your parents would have known right. as a parent? So mm -hmm. that would help you. And there are quote after quote within this saying, I wish my parents would have had an avenue to handle their mental health. Mm. Or I wish my parents would have had somebody to talk to. Or I wish the church would have supported a conversation around mental right. health. Or I wish that, um, you know, I wish that it was okay for our family to go to counseling. Like there were right. a oh, quote after quote after quote in that. And I thought, that's pretty, that's pretty telling. Yeah. Well, I think it's, and I think it's pretty accurate for what most of us have experienced, which is, um, you know, we have, we've already done an episode on what's the role of therapy, mm -hmm. right? Why, why are we even talking about mental health as a church, right? right. And we just care about spiritual health and we've already addressed that. We've addressed uh, in the previous episode about how do I talk to my kids in a way that they want to talk to me right. about uh, their mental health. But I think one of the bigger concerns is I don't even know how to talk to my kid because I don't know how to handle my own mental health. Right. I've got so many struggles of my own. And I'm honestly, my biggest fear is that if I'm struggling, my kid must be struggling or struggling worse than me. Right. You know, if I've got anxiety, they must have it worse than me. Right. right? Exactly. You know? Or, you know, if we have a family history with this mental health sure, this sure. specific disease or disorder or whatever, my child's, it's inevitable that that's going to be a thing for them. Or just, yeah. just this overwhelming fear that our children are going to be burdened with this mental health issue. Right. Because, I mean, let's be real, it's everywhere. Yes. And yeah. in lots of different areas. And so, and it's a conversation that happens in schools, it happens in churches, it's happening. So our children are, it's not something we bubble up for our kids like we don't right. want to do that well and I think really it's important to kind of to mention that for many of us not all of us but for many of us uh talking about mental health is really a skill that just wasn't developed right right so you're talking about I wish my parents knew how to do this because if they could have prepared me for it and helped me understand how to deal with my mental health, then I would be better prepared to help my kids deal with it right you know what I mean and it really just like just like, like when anything. you see see groups of people 
uh, in the past, you know, I mean, always the joke is one of my kids said something about uh, something about like, when would you want to live if you could live any other time or something like that? And I said, I don't know, sometime after they invented toothbrushes. <laughs> I agree. A deodorant toothbrush. You know, and yeah. I kind of like where we live now because, and you know this, when when dental health, right? Mm -hmm. Mental health, dental health, oh, it rhymes. Uh, it's, uh, this is now going to be a dental health podcast. Right, but you know that that's a skill that had to be developed because even once they give you a toothbrush, you did not have the skills and uh, the time and the rhythms of life put into brush my teeth. Some people still don't. Well, that's right, and you got to develop those skills. And the kids got it a little better than the mm -hmm. parents did, and then those kids were able to pass it on better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very similar around our conversations with mental health. There are entire generations of people uh, that just their way of dealing with mental health has been different because it just wasn't talked right. about as much, right? And, you know, we've talked about even within the church, there are a lot of people like, no, that's not a Jesus issue. You shouldn't even be talking about that, mm -hmm. right? You don't need therapy. You don't need to talk about that. You should mm -hmm. just trust Jesus right. and deal with it. And so there are entire generations that um, it's not that they didn't or, or, or did struggle with mental health. It's just it wasn't a conversation. Right. And now sometimes people who are parents now feel like, well, no one really equipped me for this. Mm -hmm. And now I've got to figure out how to talk to my kids. And that's the fear is, I want to foster healthy dialogue with my kids. I might, though, be better off just kind of pawning that off on someone else. Who because, can talk about that? Who can, because I feel like I can't. So that's really, I think, what we're trying to figure out here is how do I deal with my own mental health struggles mm -hmm. or learn how to talk about it myself mm -hmm. so I could even talk to them about it? Yeah, and we're not even talking about people who maybe have, like, clinical mental health or oh, sure. we're talking, kind of I can say for me yeah. like I have sometimes a hard time identifying and articulating what emotion I'm feeling oh absolutely so if I don't do that and I don't teach my child that, how to do that then I can't expect that I say to Henry what are you feeling right now and he's going to be able to identify what that is I told I told Molly right before we started filming I think today I've had I had the first panic attack I've ever had in my life uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I, as far as I can tell, uh, my wife's had a couple and she identified for me. She goes, I think this is what's happening. And then asked me a bunch of questions. She goes, yeah, that's what it feels mm -hmm. like for me. Uh, we've just had a difficult week really mm -hmm. of parenting and, you know, emotions were all kind of up here and chaos was all kind of up here. And just one of those periods of time where I didn't really have a break. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have much of a time, uh, my normal kind of routine of dealing with it. I had home stress. I had some work stress going on. It was all compounding. I ended up at our gym after a difficult morning with my, just with getting my there. children. Yeah. Just getting to the gym. And I sit down, I, I told my wife, I said, I can't even think straight. I'm barely seeing straight. I don't want to go sit down on a piece of equipment. I just need to sit down. And so I said, I feel like I'm having a stroke. And she said, what's the matter? She said, my, my heart is pounding out of my chest. My neck Scary. is all tight and backed up. She goes, I think you're having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And so luckily, luckily, we had had a, a parenting ministry event. Oh, yes. Where Jason had talked Those about. Those were great tools. Yeah, some, some tools around it. And one of them, I'll just say the one that was helpful to me, at least in this, the was four the things, five. The four or five, five things. You count down from five, so I think it's five things you can hear. This is at least what I did, whether it's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Five things you can hear, right? Four things I could feel, or uh -huh. something, maybe it was reversed, but that's what I, I did. Five I can hear. Different senses. Four I can four I can feel, right? Three things I can smell. See. Uh, you know, three things I can see, two things I can smell, one Just thing I can Just something to make sure 
I'm, I'm trying to get focused, getting my body clarity. and my mind focused on the same thing. Uh -huh. and so it was helpful. It was yeah. definitely the helpful. The one I often find myself doing, and I've found myself doing it quite regularly, is you breathe in for four seconds, right. hold your breath for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold your right. breath for four seconds. That has helped. Yeah, that's that a helps. good one, too. Now, if, you're, if I'm already too wound up, then I have to do something like you're talking where I have to focus on one thing or a few yes. things and then start to do that breathing. Well, and I want to give my wife credit. She was very helpful in the situation of she's, she's had a lot of anxiety struggles in her life and panic attacks have been a thing. And so she was helping me do breathing and all the kind of stuff. There's a lot of techniques. I did bring this up so everyone could just feel bad that Nathan no, had a panic attack. but it's I, reality of life. Like, we're yeah. we're just parents, too, and yeah. everybody has everybody has to deal with emotions and their mental health in some way, shape, or form. Yes, and I think being able to be equipped to handle it in the moment, I think, I think there's this feeling. I know I felt it before, um, and honestly, I think um, with my wife and then also with my children and all of the just caring for other people, um, understanding more, they're, they're really the idea that we've often had around mental health if you're a Christian is if I'm close enough to Jesus, I'm not going to have a problem with any of these things. I think I felt that before at some point in my life, but I think the important part and the way I've, I've been saying it lately, um, and you, know, you and I were talking about this the other day, is Health is not about whether or not you ever get sick. Mm -mm. Health is about how well can I identify I'm sick. Because, you know, if if I have a lot of health problems, right. I don't notice as many aches and pains because I got all these other aches and pains. <laughs> you know what I, I yes. mean? I'm serious. When I have all these other yes. things. If you like, only stubbed your toe, you're going to pay attention. It's why, you, let's say, sometimes when my kids are hurt, maybe I'm a bad mom, but if they're complaining about something, I might pinch them on the yeah, arm and say, well, that, now does, that other thing doesn't hurt, does it? <laughs> right. Or you notice, like, you know, oh, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm throwing up, I don't feel as bad about this sore throat or yes, whatever the exactly. thing is. Like, you know, your, your physical health is about how quick how quickly can I identify, oh, something's not right. Mm -hmm. Like for so I'll give you an example about physical health that that are away from the silly examples we just use. I drink tons of water. Like you do. a ridiculous amount of water. Like mm -hmm. so I start every day by drinking five bottles of water like Seriously? this. Seriously, like about, when you wake up? In about an hour and a half. I drink about five of this. And then this I is my second one for the whole day. Okay. <laughs> I am probably overly hydrated. I have like water poisoning yes. or something. I drink too much. My wife before has gone three days With like without drink. drinking this much of water. Like, and then has had some health problems. Yeah. It. Uh, and we always joke about it. It wasn't until she really started to believe, oh, staying hydrated is really important, that now she quickly can identify, oh, these aches in my shoulder, this headache I'm feeling, I need to drink some water. Mm -hmm. But it's only once she started to get healthy that she was able to recognize it. Mm -hmm. So. So. Being healthy doesn't mean that you never get sick. Mm -mm. It doesn't mean that you never have problems. It means you're able to identify it and address it, mm -hmm. right? You're able to go to the doctor. Hmm, I should probably go to the doctor. Right. I'm not normally stuffy like this. Right. I should probably do that. If you were stuffy all the time, it wouldn't be weird, right? right? Being healthy mentally doesn't mean that you never have days where you have a little bit of anxiety or that you're struggling a little with depression. Like you have just these right. feelings that come on, right? It means I have the systems in place that I identify, I'm not doing well, I need to do something mm -hmm. about this. And then you take action. And you take action. And so I would just want to, one, kind of let parents off the hook of, 
being a mentally healthy parent doesn't mean that you never get down. No. Or that, that life never gets difficult or that you're never anxious about something. It means I'm able to identify that, take it to God, mm-hmm. and then take any actions I need to take, mm-hmm. which may be going to counseling, or it may be taking the advice my counselor gave me, yeah. or yes. talking to a friend. Or journaling. Or all or different whatever, kinds of Whatever things. those tools and techniques might be. But it doesn't mean I never struggle. And I think that's an important thing right. for people to be clear. I think so too. So as a parent, I know we often take a look at our kids' mental health and we think, all right, time to deal with it. Time to take care of their (laughs) issue. Let's do it. I'm here to fix you. I'm the the parent. It's my responsibility to fix you. It's my responsibility to make that, which that's what the greatness of the world tells us. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that. We have a a little board that we write down all the things that we're going to want to talk about. And then we don't talk about them. (laughs) We don't talk about them. We might talk about a third of them. Our our boards end up often looking like those crazy conspiracy theory boards where like everything's connected by string and we're like... They're really just because we both have such ADHD that we could go and do a whole different podcast that we never intended to do, but the board helps us stay somewhat somewhat on track. Yes, praise be to the board. Uh, So so we need to talk about this, which I didn't think about before. Do we need to pause and rewrite the board? No, I'm okay. Okay. You're right about when you say that we feel this responsibility for fixing our kids. Mm -hmm. And we often use this language um, in our discipleship program, especially around when we're trying to be a light to people, we're trying to be an influence, Mm -hmm. is often we get mixed up on responsibility to the people in our lives. You know, I'm called to be responsible to people. And what that means is I'm responsible by God to love people, Mm -hmm. to serve people, to help people, Mm -hmm. to be compassionate to people, to listen to people, all those kind of things. I have Mm -hmm. a responsibility to you, right? Mm -hmm. But I am not responsible for you. Yes, and I think that is something to definitely remember, and it is something that feels very muddy as a parent because when our kids are young, we obviously have some responsibility in our minds for them. Yes. And it is hard as a parent to let that, to to recognize that there's children are entrusted to us. Yes. And that we are really responsible to them as well. Yeah, I am responsible to to my kids, but I'm not responsible for my kids. And, And here's the difference, if you know, and this is a good way to help it. Responsible for is it's my job to fix everything for you and maybe even fix you, mm-hmm. right? If there is a problem that you are capable of solving, mm-hmm. it is not my responsibility for you to fix it for you. Okay. So, and we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've done this on this podcast, but I know we've done it in our parent seminars oh, about yeah. helicopter parenting. Oh, which yeah. Is, which is all responsibility. And there was a lawnmower parenting. Did you, were you yes, there for yes, that Yes, yes, I was there at that one. That was a that great one. That was a good one. one. Yeah. Oh. But the responsibility for fixing things for my kids. So my kid should be able, if my kid has the ability to go and speak to their teacher about their grades, they are responsible for doing that. Mm-hmm. I am not responsible for fixing that situation right. for them, right? I'm also not responsible for protecting them, which is tough for a lot of parents, if in particular, if they are capable of protecting themselves, mm-hmm. all right? So when you have a child, right, and what I mean by this is if my job, 
and this is the way we often see it is, and I'll talk about teenagers, right? Let's not talk about little kids. If your kid's standing in the street, you should go get your Go kid. get them. Right. If you got a three-year-old in the street, go get them. If they're We're about to touch about up. about when they're getting older. I'm talking about often what we mean by protecting is I want to protect your feelings. Mm-hmm. I want to protect uh, your you from information. I want to protect you from getting hurt by somebody else. Yes. I want to protect you from uh, doing poorly. I want to protect right. you from not succeeding. Right. All those things. All these different kinds of things. I'm trying to protect you from something that you should be able to protect yourself from, right? Mm-hmm. I can't spend all my time protecting you. And so often when it comes to mental health, mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time trying to protect them from information because I don't know how they'll deal with that information. Right. I don't know how they'll deal with it. Or I'm trying to fix situations so they never have to be anxious about it. Right. Or they never have to feel sad about it. Or they never have to do this. And we are not responsible for that for our kids. And here's a good reason why, and I said this in in one of our discipleship things, I think it's important is when I come in and decide there's information that you should have, Mm -hmm. but I want to protect you from it. Or if you had that information, I'm not sure what kind of decision you'd make. So I'm not going to let you know X, Y, or Z. Right. And once again, it's all age appropriate, right? right. I'm not right, saying, right. We're not I'm not saying anything. you sit down and talk about STDs with your four-year-old. Oh, yeah. Right. Because no. they don't need that information. They don't need that. They no. don't need that information. But to say, I'm going to protect my 16-year-old from information that they should have, mm-hmm. right? And I'll just say this. Often, the way I see this with parents is, there's something about your past. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Or something about the family past, right? And I go, I don't know how they're going to feel when they find out that I was divorced before I got married right. to their to their parent, right? Or like I, my mom did. I don't know how she's going to feel that she has a random brother somewhere. Okay. <laughs> and okay. That's true. I mean, she didn't. And it's not something I'm upset about. It's not no, whatever. Did, but my but... dad was married previously. And so I never knew that there was, I have a half sibling that I don't have a relationship with. And that's okay. He doesn't have a relationship with my dad either, but he's there. He's, yes. You know, he exists. But I'm trying to protect them. And from when that I said, why do I not know this? And I'm 18 years old and I'm standing here. My mom said, well, I didn't want it to upset you before. Yes. Or even in my dad's past, I know that for, for my family, there were things my dad told us about his life before he was a believer. Yes. Right? And even his life as a believer that were sinful, that were things that were dangerous, that were all kinds of stuff. And honestly, he told us that. And I know a lot of parents go, oh, I don't want to know my kids, let my kids know I did that. Right. Or that that happened or that X, Y, and Z. But he told us because he wanted us to know, one, you can trust me. Yep. Because at some point you're going to figure out, or you're going to reason it out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that when, when when kids sit down and they go, wait a second, you got married 18 years ago and I'm 19. Math. Uh-huh. They're going to yeah. figure it out. And yes. you, chose, you chose not to tell them. Well, they, they and and then they're going to perceive it as a lie. So there's well, that, that is, whole and, thing. And that, so that's a whole other issue. That's but, a whole other episode. We'll do it. <laughs> but there is something to I'm trying to protect you because I don't know how you'll feel about this. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, and this is this was not what we were intending to talk about, but I think, no, it's, but I I think, think it's, it's important for the conversation. One thing that was told to us uh, when we were going through foster and adoptive trainings, they said children should know everything about their family of origin mm-hmm. and that they're like, they call it life history right. in, in the in the foster system. They're basically who they are, mm-hmm. what happened to them, who their parents are, all that kind of stuff. They should know everything by the age of 10. Mm-hmm. If you have waited till 10, you have waited too long. Yep. And they said age appropriate, right? Because there may be things in many cases for many children in their family that are pretty like tough and that they could not comprehend what certain terms and ideas mean. Mm -hmm. They should understand in a 
conceptual way by the time they're 10 so that they can grow up knowing, one, I can trust these people, and they don't have a ton of questions about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I always say to parents is when you are protecting them, I don't want them to know that this bad thing happened, or I don't want them to know about this part of who I am or Mm -hmm. their family history or any of that. Um, you are now taking responsibility for protecting them from something that they should know. Right. Right. Um, and you then, if but if you choose to say, I'm going to not protect you from this, you then get to be responsible to them to help because helping is a responsibility. Helping is Let a- me help you process this. Mm-hmm. But when you wait until they're 16 and they find out, or, or honestly 13, mm-hmm. you wait till they're 12, 13, and they find out something and they think you hid it from them, Ugh. you now don't have the right in their mind. You don't have the right to help them. You're no longer. You have most likely built up a wall to help them. So I think this is a big part is often our own anxiety, uh, our own maybe even depression around things, our own stress, mental health, just stress mm-hmm. around our kids is we're taking too much responsibility for them, mm-hmm. right? Especially in those teenage years, right? Uh, I, can, I, I, I have a responsibility as a parent to guide you to influence you in those teenage years, but I'm not responsible for making all your decisions. Yes, and I think that's super important to understand, but I think as a parent, and I'm thinking back to one of my parents, again, right. who who had some of their own things that they didn't deal with, so then they tried to protect me from things, or it would crop up in the way in which mm. we interacted. Yes, It's so important as a parent that we deal with our own mental yes. health first because you know we were talking about it related to an airplane you know when you're on an airplane they tell you put your own oxygen mask on first before yes. you help the other person and i think as parents we have got to just take a look at our own mental yes. health mental state whatever that may be and really address it because i if we don't, we will just pass on yes. that inability to process things or that inability to help handle mental health things in a healthy way. Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, it's not easy. I don't like to do it. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't like to, like I said, it's hard for me to identify an emotion before I even yeah. sit down and do something. And it's, it's not, it's not always fun, but it's so important to do it. Well, and you are responsible for yes your own health yep. and your own emotions and your own mental health. You are responsible for, you're not responsible for their health or their emotional no. and mental health. You are responsible to help them with it, but you are not responsible for how they feel, right. how they do stuff. But you are responsible to handle your own. Mm-hmm. And so often what happens is I'm worried and I know all we've talked about is protecting of information. There's other things. I'm worried that my kid is really struggling in school. Right. And, and what I mean is not with their, with their school. Something between them and a friend. Them and their friend. I don't see them hang out with that person anymore. And anytime that name gets brought up, they seem, they seem upset or they seem whatever. And I'm worried something has happened. And it makes me feel a certain way that they are struggling. Right. And so when I come into it with all of my anxieties about what that means, right, or my own feelings about it, I'm now complicating their feelings when what I want to do is come in and help them and guide them. I'm also trying, and I see this with a lot of parents, 
I'm almost asking them to help me process my emotions. <laughs> yes. Hey, will you help me? Because I'm really worried you're upset. And it makes me so upset. I hear parents say this yes. a lot. Do you know how it makes me feel when you... X, Y, or Z. Well, I'm not responsible for you, Mom. Right. Here's what I'll tell you. Teenagers do understand they ain't responsible for you. Yeah. We, <laughs> they ain't responsible for your feelings, Mom. Our kids are not responsible for our feelings. And so I'm the one who has to deal with, okay, you know, parents are great at worst case scenario. And Jason calls it a catastrophizing. Catastrophizing, yes. Right? I catastrophize this thing. Okay, they're hanging... They ha used to have this best friend, and I don't see him hang out anymore. I bet they had. I bet they got stabbed in the back. Now they hate them. Now they're fighting it. And right. now they're depressed. And now they're going to start having suicidal thoughts. And, you and, know, you take it to this, and then you come into a conversation where you don't know what's going on, starting with, if this conversation don't go well, this is going to be the worst thing that can yes. ever happen. And they're like, what are you talking, are you about? talking about? I just haven't talked to that person in two weeks. Yeah. But you've ramped yourself and up. And brought in all your own stuff. Yes. And so... As we're saying, you are responsible for your own mental health, your own mm -hmm. emotional. So the way we say it is you have to uh, regulate yourself. And yes. I know Jason talked about that in, mm -hmm. in talking to our kids about it. Right. You but have, I, but you I also think just in your own personal life, you have to, if, if healthy is not determined by I never get anxious, but it's about can I identify when I'm anxious and do I know the proper steps to deal with it? Mm -hmm. in, in a physical health do I know when I have a sinus infection? Can I tell? Mm -hmm. And do I know what I need to take in order to deal with that sinus And if infection? I don't, do I know what resource I need do to? Do I know? Do I know the, to, the take to, care to, Yeah, go to the next. Do I know what to do or am I going to stand here and be stuck? Yes. You know. So uh, one important thing for me, and I think, uh, Molly, maybe we share a little bit for ourselves right. in how do we go about trying to regulate this for ourselves. I have a time every morning... Um, where on, on good mornings, not not mornings like today, <laughs> not, where yeah. I try to regularly every day sit in the quiet with God, right? And mm -hmm. I have prayer with God and I try to process what am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Or what did I feel yesterday? Or if there's something that's going on. So today there was a situation, that, this was before anything even really started with uh with my family kind of getting out of the house just this morning, there was something I was feeling insecure about. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was kind of starting to think bitter and judgmental thoughts about another person who was making me feel insecure, mm. you know, but in the moment, the thoughts that go in my head is this person's coming after me. They're trying to, they're trying to ruin things for me. They're trying to make things bad. And you know, all, all the thoughts that yes. you think that are down the line. And, but because for years that would have gone on for a month. You yes. know, I would have felt that Stewing. way. Yes, and my thoughts and feelings about that person would have become something that wasn't accurate to real life. You know, mm -hmm. I've built it up in my head. But for the last five years or so, I've had this. And in my mental and emotional health, I recognize mm -hmm. that doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. That doesn't. And the way I do it is I go, that doesn't feel like the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel like peace and joy and patience. Mm -hmm. Something's off. Yeah. And so I kind of sat with God and I said, hey, this is what I'm feeling, mm -hmm. what do I need to deal with it? Now, it does take some time because as today, I am i don't know that I fully had dealt with it, right? Mm -hmm. Because then later today, I have the stress from work, I have the stress, and then I think this was all in the mix of all of that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it causes stuff. But I have this time set aside every day. Can I recognize what it is so I know when I'm healthy and not? And then I have people in my life um, that at least once a week, but often throughout the week, 
I sat with a friend last night and kind of talked about this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this is this is how I'm feeling about it. And was able to get a little bit of encouragement and, you know, mm-hmm. deal with these kind of things. So I think having time alone to process your feelings, but then also having time with other people. Yeah, I think it's really to important. To process that. And when I say alone, I mean alone with God. Yes. Right. And then time. So I'm talking to God and then I'm talking to people. Mm-hmm. And I think those have been a very key thing. And then, like I said, I have these techniques that I've learned along the way. Some I learned in therapy. Some I've just learned from people. I learned stuff from my wife uh, who's also done therapy. So she's learned stuff from that. I learned stuff from Jason here at church. Right. All different kinds of stuff. So what about you? What are the ways that you kind of go about kind of identifying in Right. Well, I also start my day with mm-hmm. some quiet time with God. Some days are quieter than others. <laughs> right, right. And some days I can shut my mind off better than others. Um, typically, things that stress me out tend to be more relational than anything mm. else. Um, and I sometimes feel a fear and anxiety that there's something going on with the relationship. So it's either I am seeing someone like wrong Mm -hmm. um, or frustrated at somebody or towards somebody, or I'm worried that they are seeing me that way. So I have in my prayer time, I have kind of a twofold thing. I say, help me to see, help me see the, them as you would want me to see them and help the way that you see me be enough. Mm, so it's like, that's good. yeah, because that is often something that I struggle with is, you know, worrying about what somebody else thinks when really what God thinks of me is enough. Right. <clears throat> so just ask him to help me see those two things. That's super helpful. Right. Um, I also, um, five years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to answer this the same way, sure. but, um, you know, I do small group, I do a discipleship group, things like right. that, but doing it is one thing. Mm-hmm. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable is yeah. a totally different thing. And so I sometimes that's hard for me. Yeah. And so um, kind of forcing myself into a little bit more vulnerability. Yeah. Um, you know, I lead both of those groups and sometimes it's easy as a leader to kind of sort of just focus on the other people. But I right. realize that I'm a better leader if I'm more vulnerable and that's important that I just let my walls down a little bit and right. say what's really going on. And that's taken me a long time to be really comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, also like you, little things throughout the day that I might kind of t- tips and tricks that I've picked up along the way. I also have some scripture written around and, and posted places that I just sometimes read, sometimes don't, sometimes I just know it's there. So yeah. I, I, it's a lot of different things and they're always changing. Well, and I think, the, so here's the important part that I want to take from what we're talking about. I think when you talk about regulating yourself and, you know, maybe you've heard this and you're like, I don't even know what that means. I think those are really two of the, those are really the two key steps and there may be sub steps then under them. Oh yeah. I mean, right. But the two key steps are, I got to identify what, what it is that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's honestly a daily thing. And some days you may go, I'm not really feeling much anything. I'm just mm-hmm. feeling fine. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling grateful. I'm feeling content. Mm-hmm. But there may be some days you go, feel a little bitter or mm-hmm. I feel a little disappointed or, or I'm a little misunderstood. misunderstood. There's all different, you know, we've talked about the emotions wheel. Maybe, maybe that's helpful for you to go through the emotions wheel. Mm-hmm. So identify what it is and then take the appropriate step that's afterwards, which in my experience has almost always involved another person. And that's the vulnerability part. Yes. It may just be, it may just be, I'm going to tell my spouse, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. Or I'm going to tell a close friend. Or I'm going to tell my small group. Or it may or be, if I want to shut down and not talk to anybody, I'm just going to show up for something and be yes. there and, you know, and say it to one person. Like, yes. it was hard for me to get here today, but I'm showing up. Or it may be, 
I mean, I, I, I don't even have the skills at this point to identify. I don't know what the sub steps are. I don't mm. even know how to identify. I sit with my thoughts and I go, I don't know what I feel. I just feel, I feel nothing, right? Which right. you don't really feel nothing, but I get, you can't identify it, right? Or you have identified it, but you don't know what to do to deal with it. Right. A couple of years ago, I was not, I didn't even know what I was feeling, but I could see it in my behavior that there was something going on and I could not get to the bottom of it. So I went to counseling for a while to kind of work through say, that and yes. dig in and say, okay, why are you having these explosive reactions yes. to things that really aren't that big of a, you know, big of a deal, but in they are because I hadn't dealt with a whole bunch of other things. And I think, so I think therapy is a really good tool mm -hmm. to help you get the skills you need to identify and address it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you may not have those things. And so if you don't, you know, contact us at the church, yeah. help at community Christian.net, email it, say, Hey, I need to talk to somebody. And maybe you just need to come up and sit with one of our pastors and talk, or maybe you need to sit and talk with Jason. As I think, I don't think we said on this episode, but uh, Jason's one of our pastors on church who's going back to school to become a licensed counselor. And he has maybe more skills for some right. of the kind of clinical stuff that people need help mm -hmm. with. Or so maybe, maybe you need to talk to him or maybe we can recommend a therapist. If that seems not good, we will have plenty of recommendations. And maybe that's what you need. Or maybe you need to get in a small group and you just need to talk to some people. You need yeah. to get, we have, for you moms out there, we have a MOPS group, which mm -hmm. is a mother's group that meets on Wednesdays at uh, 10, I believe. Yeah, maybe you just need some friends or some people around some you people and, to talk to. and to feel part of a, a community of people that, you know, you have someone within that that you feel like, you know what, I can I can let them in on what's going on. And they can maybe help you identify, hey, you need more help or you need this. But I think the important part is as I'm trying to help my kids deal with it well, and you don't have to get it perfect with no. kids. You just got to get that oxygen mask on and start taking breaths. Yes. You got to do just something. So begin to identify where am I at? What steps do I need to take? Do I need help with that? Do I need someone to step in? And I think ultimately that's where we want to get with all mm -hmm. of this is I want to be able to kind of regulate myself. Mm -hmm. Before, I, you know, before I step in and try yeah. to try to help my child with what they've got That's going right. on. I can't fix it for I them. Can't I can't protect it. them from the, the troubles of this life, but I can maybe help them learn how to deal with friction and chaos and trouble that is inevitable mm -hmm. uh, in a way that they can still honor God. Because the best thing I ever heard about uh, the role of therapy in the life of the Christian uh, was I heard someone say, therapy helped me identify what I should be praying about. And I thought that's a really good that way of good saying way of it. it. And obviously, it, it, that's reductive. I get that there's other things that therapy does. But I think in the role of a Christian, and that has been true for me, it helped me identify where my insecurities are, where my negative self-talk mm -hmm. is. Some of the things you talked about is I have this these thoughts yes. in my head, and it's about replacing those negative thoughts uh -huh. with these godly thoughts, mm -hmm. right? But all of that came about because I was in therapy. I was able to identify, oh, that is what I'm feeling. It was the identification part for mm -hmm. me. And then I was able to sit with God and go, God, I already, I, and this is true for me, but maybe you need to be in your Bible more because you don't know it. I already knew the truth of God. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know what part of the truth of God I needed to be focused on for myself. Right. You know, and so that may be what therapy does for you, or maybe just sitting with of one of our pastors, or maybe just sitting with a friend, you can identify, oh, this is what I'm feeling, and this is what I need to talk to God about. These are, this is probably what I should do to deal with those thoughts. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is you do, uh, we do hope that you, you you get some help on just regulating your own anxiety, your mm -hmm. own, you know, um, 
uh, depression or whatever it is so that you can help your kids. Right. Because we want you to be and yes. um, help your kids. And yep. without that, it's going to be a, a harder struggle. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, um, if you have questions or you want to make comments or anything yep. like that, feel free to use the link in the show notes and send us in whatever you've got. We love to hear from you guys. And um, tell us what makes you crazy. We will be continuing the crazy talk next yeah. time. And yeah. uh, we will see you on the next episode. Take care. Bye.